I'm here to tell you, for those of you who are those creatives, who is that free spirit, who struggle with routine, I want to just encourage you to think of routine in a different way and give you some ideas on how you can apply it to your life and why it can benefit you and enhance your creative quirkiness. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there. It's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because I recently took a trip to my grandma's house. My grandma is 94. There is so much to be learned from her. And this past weekend, I just really gobbled up her daily routine. I was just sitting back and observing her and was thinking so much about routine in our lives, how it can get a really bad rep, but how it can be such an amazing, healing, beneficial thing, especially for those of us who are a little bit of those chaotic creatives or free spirits. So I'm really excited to dive that into that with you today. But before we do, I wanted to read a review from one of you. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, I would love it for you to take the time to leave a review. I truly love hearing from what you have to say, and I love being able to read your reviews back to you. Uh, So this one kind of has me giggling because I read part of it, but I couldn't read the whole thing. And I thought I knew what it was going to say, but I was wrong. So I clicked to be able to read the whole thing and kind of giggled when I... Was I was wrong in what I thought I was going to say. Um, this one says, enjoyed the content. This is from Draper11. I've only listened to a couple podcasts and recently listened to the podcast with Marissa from A to Zen. I enjoyed the content and the guest speaker. Thank you. I did feel the want to point out the podcaster's constant use of the word. Absolutely. It ended up being so distracting. I don't know if she wasn't as prepared because it seemed to follow pauses. Just thought I would mention. That made me giggle because I for sure thought she was going to say that I constantly say the word like, which I do. (laughs) I was like, oh no, is this my mom leaving a comment on here? Because my mom has always been on me about the use of the word like. And apparently I say the word absolutely a lot too. So there's that review for you. Um, 
Thank you, though, Draper, for taking the time to leave it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sorry if it was too distracting, but honestly, there's not much I can do about it. This is just my personality, especially when I'm doing um, interviews, one-on-ones like that. It's not polished. It's very open. I want all of my guest interviews to be as authentic and real conversations as we can possibly get. And that means it's going to be a lot less polished, a lot less perfected, as is today's episode. So if you don't like those fly by the seat of your pants words, probably time for you to tune out today. Uh, I jotted down some notes, but this, like I said, was something that I was really heavy on my heart yesterday. Yesterday morning, as I watched my grandma go through her morning routine. So this is my grandma's morning routine. I shared a little bit of it on TikTok, but it just makes me smile. She's so cute. She's just gotten smaller and smaller through the years where she's maybe like four, eight, four, nine at this point. But she shuffles in in her blue bathrobe with her little slippers on, her socked feet, and gets herself a bowl of Rice Krispies. So she pours the Rice Krispies, adds the milk. She's already gotten her pills for the day in a pretty little pill container. Um, which I love. It's like she doesn't just dump out her her meds for the day and put them on a pile. She has this neat little container that they go in. It's just a very organized kind of beautiful process, as corny as that might sound. She sets out her placemat, and on top of her placemat, she sets a coaster for her drink. She's got her little pillbox next to it. Two Werther's Originals. How stereotypical, right? And then she pours herself this bowl of Rice Krispies. She pours the Rice Krispies, shuffles over to the fridge, adds a little bit of milk, and then sets the bowl on her placemat. From there, she goes and sits in the living room, watches maybe five to 10 minutes of TV, and then comes back to her breakfast, where she also makes green tea in the microwave. People have given me so much flack for making green tea in the microwave, but I feel like if my ancient Japanese grandma can do it in the microwave, so can I. So she does, you know, what's the word called? She steeps her tea, lets it sit there and kind of goes through. Now that her cereal has softened up a little bit, she goes through the process of eating after she says her prayers. And I love it so much, as you can probably tell. And I love it so much is because I used to fear routine for myself. I remember going to my grandparents' house and well, my grandma's routine has obviously shifted throughout the years as my grandpa passed and things like that. But their house was always very routine. I knew what to expect when I went there. And when I was a kid, uh, I kind of maybe felt stifled by that, I felt kind of fearful. Like if I didn't stick to the routine, if I didn't wipe down my the sink, they would wipe down the sink after we we used it. You know, there were kind of really intense rules like that. So I was almost kind of anxious there sometimes. But now that I'm older, I really appreciate it so much because I used to fear routine. You know, life wasn't routine for me growing up. I had a lot of inconsistencies. I shifted from household to household. I had different parents growing up, you know, where sometimes I was with my mom, sometimes I was, I was with my dad, and then my mom was with a stepdad, and my dad with a, was with a stepmom, and then they both got divorced, and I was with a different stepdad, and then I was back to just life with my dad, but my dad was, you know, 
post-divorce dad was way different than pre-marriage dad. And it was chaos. And I think I had this fear that people who had routines as I got older, like they were boring. And I remember sitting, I always think about this. I, I always think back to the high school lunchroom, as weird as that sounds, but, or even the bus to school. I think about the bus to school because I sat with a girl who I thought of as way better than me. I just assumed she was better at me in every possible way. She came on in the morning and she would have like a nice gap shirt on, her nice gap shoes, and she'd have her hair clipped back and little barrettes. She looked like she had the time to brush her hair. You know, I just felt like you look like you've got your life together. I bet your parents are still married and you they probably greet you after school each day and you sit around and do homework at the kitchen table and it's peaceful and wonderful. And I had this make-believe vision in my head of what her perfect life looked like. You know, I imagined that there was a lot of routine to it. And all I knew at that time was that I sure did not fit that mold. I woke up after hitting my snooze button about 18,000 times probably barely brushed my hair. I think I would make some toast before I rushed out the door to school. Little prep work went into my morning routine ever. And I carried that into adulthood. Now I understand though, after applying routines to my life, I married a man who is routine. He just lives and breathes routine and it rubbed off on me in the most beneficial way. And I would love to think that my chaotic creativeness and my free spiritness rubbed off on him too. But I'm here to tell you, for those of you who are those creatives, who is that free spirit, who struggle with routine, I want to just encourage you to think of routine in a different way and give you some ideas on how you can apply it to your life and why it can benefit you and enhance your creative quirkiness. So first of all, you know, routines don't have to be confining like I thought they had to be. They also don't have to be as frigid as my grandparents' house when I was a kid. You know, my grandpa was definitely the one who really loved the routine. So rules got a little less intense after he passed. You know, my grandma doesn't necessarily insist that I wipe down everything, but she also likes the law in order to still maintain in her home. And I understand that this is her home. This is what she's adapted to. But I feel like I always had this idea that people whose lives were routine were just like dull and boring. And I don't think I'm alone in that thought. You know, I think maybe we picture something like the movie, like as good as it gets, where this guy just has to follow his routine. And if he doesn't follow it, he kind of freaks out. That's what I thought having a routine would be like. But in reality, I've come to find that it can be an amazing way to save brain power, make our days easier, and allow us to focus on the things that matter more. So having a routine does most definitely save brain power. You know, there's been studies that show that when we wake up in even a cluttered environment, our brains have to process all the information they take in, right? So we're going around like, okay, there's that, this. It's Our brains are quickly, without us realizing it, processing everything that we see. So when we keep a clean, clutter-free home, which I've worked to do, as you probably know, 
it instantly helps our brains kind of save that energy and continue on with our day rather than having to over-process. The same can benefit from having like a minimalist wardrobe, having less to choose from. Fewer options can make our decision-making easier. So the same goes for a routine. When we fall into these routines for the things that we have to do in our daily lives, our brains don't require as much power to do them. You know, if you think about when you drive maybe from work to home, they always, I've always heard this mentioned, but it's very true where you kind of don't even notice that you drove. You're like, oh, wow, I'm home already. I wasn't even really paying attention because it's just a routine, which could be dangerous if you're behind the wheel. But it's even those things like, did I brush my teeth today? Or did I brush my teeth? Am I thinking because I brushed them yesterday? Did I brush them today? We can't remember because we just do it every day. So it's hard to remember if it was something unique to today when it's something we did yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So in some ways, our routine can maybe cause us a little bit of blips here and there. But for the most part, it's just helping us go on autopilot, especially for those things in life that really shouldn't require us to expend a lot of brain power. Like I say, when I used to choose my outfits in the morning, oh my gosh, I used to go through so many outfits. My my clothes would pile on the floor and I would waste so much time. I would be so flustered by the end of it. And then I would come home to a bigger mess. I caused myself so much additional stress and hardship by not having a more routine or simplified wardrobe, that type of thing. So not only can having those routines set in place help us save brain power, reduce decision fatigue, but I really thought about my grandma. Like I said, my grandpa passed and he has been gone for, oh goodness, it's been over 15 years now, which makes my heart just break. But when she lost him, she was devastated. I have never in my life heard my grandma cry and she wailed at my grandpa's funeral. It's going to make me cry. Whew. But I thought this weekend as I watched her, how lucky she was to have those routines. When, because I know all of us have had those mornings where we don't want to wake up, you know, and I don't mean we don't want to wake up, but we don't want to get up. We don't want to do life, you know, and some days we, we don't have to, right? After we've lost someone or there's those times where we just allow ourselves to grieve and to sit in the discomfort and the sadness of what we're going through. But eventually we need to get back to life. We need to get back to our days. And having that routine in place can kind of be a mindless way to allow us to do that. So I imagined, you know, my grandma struggling to get up after my grandpa was gone. I imagined her kind of going through a tough time, but then just getting up and pouring herself cereal and sitting down and eating and She didn't have to think about it. She didn't have to really actively participate. She could kind of just show up and start getting back to life without giving it as much effort as it would have required had she not had those routines set in place. And I know this has happened in my own life when things are feeling chaotic. Uh, thankfully I've got my kids and their school scheduled to get me out of bed, but otherwise I work for myself. I could very easily make up those excuses to, oh, I'm just gonna hit the snooze button or I don't need to wake up now. I'll wake up when I feel like it. Uh, and I'm really thankful for the school routine that is actually gone now because it's summer, but I usually 
have gotten really good at sticking to a still consistent routine for myself, even when they're not in school, because I know the benefits of it. I've gone through a few tough times over the last few years and being able to fall back on my routines almost felt like having something familiar to comfort me when everything else felt so unfamiliar and so new, you know, because when we go through those times of grief and those times of loss and those times of hardship, our brains are already so busy. Our emotions are shot. And it's almost like having that comfort blanket or that favorite stuffed animal to cuddle up with and go back to something that grounds us. That's what my routines have been for me. And I've even gotten to the point that after vacation, I love coming home to my routine again. It just grounds me back into who I am. Uh, And if you are kind of a more creative person like me, I wanted to give you some ideas for how to start creating this routine because it's not always easy, you know, especially if you are, if you're more of a free spirit type person, creating a routine doesn't come natural if you're not that type A person. So I jotted down a few ideas on how I've helped apply it to my life that might work for you too. So the first thing I would ask yourself is what is currently a hassle for you? Finding your keys, maybe you never can find your keys. My husband can never find his keys. Drives me crazy. I have a key spot because I'm perfect. (laughs) I'm just teasing. But I have created that routine for myself because I know I'm a key loser. I'm a loser of the keys. So I have created a key spot for myself, where my sunglasses go, where my keys go. All those things I need before I run out the door are right there for me. Is it getting dressed? Like I talked about earlier, you know, if you've got too many outfits to choose from, Does that kind of cause you a lot of extra hassle during your days? Is it making meals or just managing your time? Find the areas of your life where you currently need some simplifying to happen and make a small plan for how to simplify just that area. Just that area is all you need to do. Um, If you want help with this, I recently created a quiz. It's a totally free like 60 second quiz called how to find my minimalist brands, your minimalist brand quiz. And basically, this is just a quiz that helps you figure out what areas of your life might be causing you some of the bigger setbacks. Uh, And then I'll share with you some resources on how to simplify those areas. So if you're not really sure your biggest struggle areas, give the quiz a try, see if it really rings true for you. uh, And then you'll get some resources from me for how to simplify those particular areas. So I'll make sure to leave the My Minimalist Brand quiz in the show notes. But for me, finding my biggest hassle, like I said, was my morning routines, just waking up in the morning. This went from when I was a kid all the way up through adulthood. So like I said, my high school years were kind of just waking up, making toast, heading out the door. And when I went into adulthood, even after I became a parent, it was waking up crabby with the kids. So I let my kids wake me up and they don't always wake up in the best mood, guys. I don't know if your kids were just perfect angels, which that sounds fantastic for you, but mine were not always. And so when I would sleep and be woken up by a toddler yanking on my hair, tugging at my shirt and whining first thing in the morning, 
when you're already not a morning person, it does not make it easy to wake up. It doesn't make it fun to wake up. And it just starts the day on a bad note, right? That was my biggest hassle. And it was almost like I allowed my day to be dictated by their mood when they woke me up, which isn't healthy on so many levels, right? For them or for me. So one of the best ways that I found to regulate that, not even just make my morning routine easier, but to help me get my emotional day in check and choose my day for myself rather than let my kids choose it for me was to get up before them. My routine became just getting up at like, I maybe set my alarm for six because I knew my kids were usually up at seven. Uh, And I kind of gave myself a buffer because my son would maybe do the 630 wake up sometimes. My routine became just zoning out first thing in the morning. For a while, I wasn't a coffee drinker. It was just, I'm just up in bed. I'm awake. I'm sitting here, staring at the wall, not doing anything, but I'm awake. So when they came in, I was already kind of calmed and awake and ready to deal with their moods way better than I was when I let them wake me up. And I still do the same thing with my morning coffee. Now that I am a coffee drinker this morning, uh, I didn't want to wake up, but I did. I wake my kids up at 6.30. I got myself up at 6, went out, poured myself a cup of coffee, and I truly just sat in bed, scrolled TikTok, and read a little bit from my book. Now, so many things will tell you, don't scroll TikTok first thing in the morning. Don't look at social media. And I totally agree with these things. But if I'm being real with you, sometimes that's just what happens. I was gone this weekend. Coming back to Mondays, there's always kind of a drag anyway, especially when, you know, my weekend wasn't at home. So I woke up, however, it took me to wake up. And then I was ready to step in, swoop in, get my kids up and ready to go for their day. So starting with where your biggest hassles are can be a really helpful way to f- for you to just focus on just this one area. How can I make just this one area a little bit simpler? And this is the next thing I really want to say. And I tell you to focus on this one area because sometimes, you know, we can get caught up in other people's routines or what they think we should be doing. So I want you to know it doesn't matter where others think you're falling short or where others are seemingly succeeding. These days, there is no shortage of going on TikTok, like I said, or Instagram or YouTube and finding morning routines, skincare routines, morning workouts, what I eat in a day. Um, And there's so many of those that the idea of routines can seem so overwhelming. And I say this because I've done this. So let's stick with me, right? Where I've seen skincare routines and their skin is just glowing and perfect and they look like they have the skin of a three-year-old baby, you know, just perfect skin, dewy, colorful, whatever, whatever perfectness you can imagine for skin, I guess. And they'll do their skincare routine, which is like 18 bajillion steps. I, I get so overwhelmed by skincare routines, by makeup routines, because my attention span doesn't last long enough. And I'm like, how did you, what did you just do? You just did so many things. But I would very quickly, very easily allow myself to think that I had to do every single thing that that person just told me that they do for their morning routine. Uh, So I would go to the store, like in this weird panic of like, I need to have all these things. I bought to buy, gotta buy the toner. I need the serum. I need the under eye stuff. 
I need the tinted moisturizer. I need the sunblock. And doing all of this was just adding to my already routines for my day. I wasn't simplifying anything. I wasn't making anything easier for myself. I was making it more difficult based on what someone else was doing. So before you go thinking that this is the kind of routine, don't, you know, Googling other people's routines or what they do, please don't ever think that's what I'm saying. I think we need to do the exact opposite and look at our day, how we're currently living it. What are your repeated habits? What are you doing consistently every day? And where can you simplify that to make it easier to do every single day on repeat? You know, because it's so easy for us to want to get ideas from other people, but we can very quickly get swept into feeling like we have to do things the exact way someone else does. What it's really all about is just eliminating excess. What are you currently doing that is not necessarily getting you through a successful day? I jotted down some ideas for me for this current time in my life, because even though I do have routines set in place, I still struggle with different distractions and things like that, like constant picking up my phone. This has been a nasty habit over the last week, because like I said, life has gotten difficult over the last week. And I'm only functioning because of my routines. Truly, I'm able to get through things so much more smoothly because they've got routines in place. But I also am trying to distract by picking up my phone. So the new habit or the routine that I can add is just, I don't bring my phone in the bathroom with me. Because it's so easy to think like, while I'm in the bathroom, I need something to distract me. But then I end up sitting on the toilet for way longer, just looking at pointless things that I don't need to be spending my time with, you know, even though I've gone through the process of making my apps harder to access. So my social media apps are, I have to swipe four times. They're in a separate folder. I've done the process of making it take more time to get to apps. And I, it, I thought maybe it would make me pause. It does not make me pause. I have time limits set on my phone. I just ignore those time limits. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Those don't work for me. Those are things that I can tell you to do. And if they work for you, that's awesome. They do not work for me. I've tried. It's just a fail. Um, So to avoid the constant picking up of my phone, the habit I've done is just leaving my phone wherever it is. It stays on the table, it stays on my bed, wherever it is, it doesn't come in the bathroom with me because it just saves me maybe even like 10 minutes a day, except for if you really pay attention, we can so quickly scroll our phones for what we think is 10 minutes and it's really like a half an hour. So who knows how much time I'm saving. I also used to be a crazy person who made every meal from scratch in an attempt of feeding my family healthy meals. I really wanted my family to eat well, which is such a good goal, such an amazing thing, right? We all want this for our kids, for our families, for ourselves. We want to eat well and feel good. So I thought that meant making everything from scratch and like slaving away over the food. And instead, I found shortcuts and kind of accepted compromises so that we could be healthy-ish while also being quicker to get food on the table and to reduce the amount of time that I spent meal prepping. Well, not even meal prepping, just cooking in general. So here's what I did. Just some basic cutbacks. I started buying organic broccoli uh, that you could microwave, right? So 
in a plastic bag, not good. Microwave, not good. Those were things before that I thought, I can't do that. It's terrible. I shouldn't do that for my family. Neither of those things is good. It was a compromise I had to make for myself because I want food on the table quickly. I want it to be broccoli and organic broccoli versus plastic microwave. That was just a choice I had to make. It's not one I necessarily make anymore, but it was one that I made for a while. Or instant rice. I'm not making rice by in the bowl. I'm not going to soak it all. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes to make rice. I'm going to do the 90 seconds in the microwave and get it on the table. That's my compromise. Now what it looks like for me more is prepping one meal for three to four days. So I might make an entire huge salmon filet, chop it up, make the veggies, make the rice, and we have a salmon bowl that usually lasts us three or four days. We'll do this with tacos or pastas, anything that we can just keep reheating. And now some people are going, oh, I don't like leftovers. I don't want to do that. And maybe you don't, that's fine, but you can definitely find ways to simplify the process of cooking um, and make compromises to the things that you're not going to worry about so much so that you can get food on the table in a quicker, easier manner. Uh, another thing I do is, you know, I eat one breakfast. It's part of my routine. I, I definitely, just, I spent the last week or so working on perfecting an omelet, but for the most part, it's piece of toast, two eggs. That's what I eat every single day. My lunch is a protein shake every single day. And it saves me so much time even to, if I want to switch it up, I do the same thing for my kids. They have toast and a half a piece of fruit. So it's a half of a mango or half of an apple for their breakfast. Then for their lunches, they've got pita bread and hummus with celery sticks and one cookie. And my daughter gets cucumbers. My son gets extra celery. Like their lunches are just routine and simple. I know what to grab every day to make them lunch before I had them chew them out the door, right? Lastly, of course, whenever you're creating routines, make it enjoyable. Routines don't have to be this giant pain in the ass like I was saying I thought they had to be, you know? There was a study that was done, which I love this, and it makes so much sense, and I started applying it to my kids. But people are more likely to wash their hands if the soap smells nice, which just makes sense. Because how much do we love it? Why is Bath and Body Works still in full swing? because everyone loves good smelling stuff. It just makes us feel good, right? So pumping soap that smells like mm, like apple pie or vanilla into your hand and rubbing it around makes you more likely to want to wash your hands the next time because you want to enjoy that experience. And the same thing goes with brushing teeth. When they first invented toothpaste, they added the mint flavor and the suds. The sudsing up and the mint are not necessary to brushing our teeth, but it makes people feel better. Like we want to brush our teeth more because we get that (sighs) minty satisfaction. So having those things in place makes it easier for us to stick to those routines, like washing our hands and brushing our teeth. So keep this in mind when you're creating other routines for yourself. So my top example for this, I love it so much. And I actually think I forgot it today now that I'm talking about it. Whenever I make my bed, I spray it with a pillow spray when I'm done. My girlfriend gave me this pillow spray. It's from Pacifica called Coconut Cream. I won't link to it, but you can look it up. It's Pacifica Coconut Cream Pillow Spray. I make my bed, spray it on, and it's like, it sends me back to like our teen years when 
we put tanning lotion on like we shouldn't have and laid out on the lake. It just has this really beachy, yummy, delicious smell. And then I love laying my head down at the end of the night and kind of getting to smell that again. It just feels so refreshing and it feels like a mini reward. Like I made my bed, now I get the coconut spray, right? Finding little things like that for ways to make our routines more enjoyable is going to help us stick to them. So the other thing that I've really come to enjoy is taking care of my face. I don't do the 18 step face routines because I get too overwhelmed. Again, I've had to choose what do I like, what works for me. So basically I stick with a face serum and under eye cream uh, and moisturizer before I start my day. Really simple, but A lot of times at night, I do not want to wash my face. I don't want to wash my face. I don't want to brush my teeth. I'm just tired. But I have started making a habit of it because I genuinely love the payoff of it. It feels so nice. And what I do is have a hot washcloth. I do a little bit of cleanser on my face, do the hot washcloth, really wipe down my skin. It maybe reminds me of like something my grandma used to do for me when I was a kid. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of getting flashbacks to like, that's how she would clean my face with this warm washcloth. And it just felt like my skin could breathe. It felt so nice. And then putting on the face serum, just taking literally two minutes to touch my own skin, to rub my own face, just kind of feels like a nice little way to give myself a hug before I go to bed for the night. Uh, And my last thing that I, my last idea for this, doing laundry. People complain about laundry so much. I honestly have gotten to a point that I don't mind doing laundry because I bring it all in. I put it on my bed and then I turn on my favorite TV show. So while the TV show is kind of playing, I kind of mindlessly go through the process of sorting what needs to be hung, what needs to be folded. And then from there, I put stuff away, hang things up uh, and whatever's left over maybe needs to be run to other rooms of the house. I'll go do that. But it almost becomes like a little bit of quiet me time. Like I shut the door, I turn on a show that maybe nobody else wants to watch. Currently, Golden Girls has been my DVD of choice. And just kind of zone out watching the TV, not really paying attention to the laundry. Those are some of my ways that I've made my routines a little bit more enjoyable. Um, And hopefully you can find ways to do it too. Of course, you don't have to just be the creative type or the free spirit. Routines are great for everyone. I just think it can be this particular kind of people who feel like uh, routines are a struggle or a bigger struggle. So I hope you can work to find ways to apply a little bit more routine to your life, especially those areas that feel kind of chaotic at times, because I promise it can enhance so much of the amazingness that you already have to offer. And it just makes, you know, those daily mindless things a little bit more mindless. So you can really show up with the energy and the brain power for what you need to get done for the things that matter more. And again, if you're not sure where you need to simplify in your life, go in the show notes. I've got my minimalist brand quiz there. So you can kind of figure out what areas you might need to specifically work on simplifying. We'll see you next time. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.